0: Welcome to the Sports Hour. I hate LeBron, and this is Mitch Mo, <laughs> and this is the Mormon, and I don't hate LeBron. Um, but I'm glad you just put that up front for every for everybody to know.
1: <laughs> I thought I made it pretty clear in the last podcast. You, you but... did.
0: To be fair, to be fair to you, you, you did. You did do that. Okay. Um, I I'd love to see you on Twitter uh, during this game tonight, just spewing all kinds of LeBron hate. Uh, I think that would really uh, I think it really benefit.
1: Well, I uh, won't people. be watching the game tonight. I will be at the racetrack tonight. So Ooh. Oh, be
0: look watching at that. Some races. Well,
1: I was okay, getting well, I, I was getting after it last night during game six though. Come at me, Shane. Yeah. Toronto.
0: <laughs> if you uh, if you don't follow us on Twitter, follow us at sports hour guys. Uh Mitch was in charge of the Twitter last night and he was killing it, man. He was uh doing a better job than I do on the Twitter. It was like so, uh
1: it was like, I don't know, doing a drug for the first time. It was weird.
0: <laughs> it, it, I sent out yeah, my it, first
1: tweet, and I was like, ooh, that felt good. And then I just like kept going. I <laughs> kept rolling. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, now I sound like an idiot. I've been putting out like 12 <laughs> tweets in one game.
0: That's the best part about Twitter, is oversaturation is not a thing. You can post as much as you want.
1: But yeah. Anywho,
0: guys, welcome. welcome Again, it's Sports Hour. We're out here. We're talking today about a few things. Obviously, we're going to cover the NBA Conference Finals. We are recording this Sunday afternoon before Game 7 of the Boston-Cleveland series, and then obviously before Game 7 of the uh, Warriors-Rockets. Um, I think... As long as you're cool with it, Mitch, I think sometime next week before the start of the finals, we should probably do a little finals preview, like episode, maybe record it like Tuesday, Wednesday. Sure. um, Just so that we can preview it before it starts, because obviously we record on Sundays. Um, But we're going to give you our thoughts going into these Game 7s today. We're also going to talk about... The uh, the national anthem protest policy that the NFL announced and the owners voted on Monday, um, and we've got some we got some thoughts on this. I thought I, we thought this would be a fun topic to get into. Obviously, it's a pretty con- not controversial, I guess, but pretty uh, opinionated topic. I think for most people, and uh, I, I, we have different perspectives on it. And I think it would be I, we thought it'd be fun to uh, to get into. So that's what we're going to talk about today so yeah that this is this is our intro you're gonna listen to some intro music now so enjoy that and we'll be right back Um, let's just get into this. Let's start with the uh, the the kneeling. Um, did you, uh, Mitch? Did you you want me to go first?
1: Sure. Uh, I think we should talk about what the ruling was. I think that's right. pretty important. So,
0: yeah, for sure. Um, so what I wrote down about about the ruling. So it was voted on by the owners, basically, um, players and team personnel. Um, so coaches, staff, anybody are expected to stand basically not sit or kneel or protest in any way during the national anthem if they do they're going to be fined by the league and the teams have the ability to fine or discipline as they see necessary um but players and team personnel are given the option of waiting in the locker room and not coming out onto the field uh if they i guess feel it necessary don't want to get fined I, is that basically the policy in a nutshell?
1: Right. Yeah. Um. You're gonna stand for the national anthem, and if you feel like you can't stand during the national anthem, um, stay inside the locker room until after it's over.
0: Right. Okay. Um. So I, I'm just gonna share my thoughts in general on this. Um. I uh, I've thought this the anthem protesting has been pretty fascinating. Uh, since since it started back in back in 2016. Um, to me, I think as far as this policy goes, uh, that the NFL voted on, I'm not surprised. I think this is pretty much what the NFL had to do. Um, as far as like from an NFL perspective, I think they did what they thought was right. Excuse me. As far as allowing players, if they feel like they need to protest an option of not being on the field, but also still requiring people to stand for the national Anthem, I think my biggest gripe with the whole situation is that um, I think it's taken on this perspective of like patriotism and trying to be patriotic. Um, Yet at the same time, it's not like standing or even being on the field for the national anthem has been a policy of the NFL since the beginning. In fact, it wasn't until 2009 that players uh, were expected to be on the field. Uh, For the National Anthem, they would just be in the locker room uh, during the National Anthem up until then. Um, So this is a recent, you know, last not even 10 years uh, that this has even been a thing. Um, And uh, I don't know. I just I, I feel like it's really what it comes down to. Obviously, the NFL is a money making venture. It's a billion dollar company, billion-dollar industry, Um, so it really comes down to the bottom line, and so for them it makes sense to avoid the protest altogether because that affects the money. Uh, So for them to do this makes sense to me, um, but I do have an issue with it being turned into something about respecting the flag or respecting the country or the military, um, when really this is just about money. And I think if the NFL was just like, hey, listen, like you guys got to be on the field, we're going to make you be on the field and stand because like viewers want to see it and it's going to hurt our money, Like if they were honest and upfront about that, I wouldn't really have an issue with it because it makes sense from that perspective. Uh, but I think they've kind of turned it into this like, well, you, it's about respecting the flag. And I think there's a lot of nuance in that conversation when we're talking about whether or not kneeling or other forms of protest is really disrespecting the flag or the military or the country in general. And as far as like what these players say they're doing and what people's perspective of it is, because, like I said, I think it has a lot of nuance and it can change based on the person and what they think of it. Um, so I don't know. Those are kind of my general thoughts. Uh, I don't know what you thought when you uh, read or heard about the policy.
1: Well, I kind of sided with the owners on this one. I think um, they're paid. It's it's like if you have a job and you go outside and you want to protest while you're on the job, you're probably going to get fired, right? I yeah. Mean, pro- I mean, I mean, these guys probably, are these guys are paid yeah, probably, to play football. Yeah. They're not paid to protest. Now, if you want to protest, that's great. Go do that on your own time. But don't take advantage of the national. To me, don't take advantage of the national anthem as using a form of using it as a form of protest or protesting during it. I just think that there's there's a time and a place to protest, and during the national anthem is not one of them. Um, it doesn't to me because they. Everyone gets all upset about them dealing during the national anthem and they want to make it very clear that no, they're not trying to disrespect soldiers that have fought for their freedom of speech or in their, their right to do this. But it doesn't really matter what they say it actually represents. It's what it actually means. I mean, I could run down the middle of the street with both middle fingers up in the air and say, and people could say, wow, that's really offensive what that guy's doing. But no, 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 it's okay. No, what it actually means is this. Well no, it's not really what it actually means like what call it what it is, and I feel like I feel like when they knelt for the national anthem, I feel like it it was just a bad move, but then people tried to defend it, and it's kind of snowball effect afterwards, where now you just there's so much defense for it and it's it's frustrating to watch it's frustrating to watch because i when I turn on the TV I don't want to see oh who's going to ne- who's going to kneel today? Who's going to kneel today? I don't I don't care about who's kneeling. I want to know what I I want to watch a football game. And sports has always been kind of a, an escape from this whole political stuff. And lately it just seems like it's not. It's more politicized than ever. And so that's what bugs me about it, but Yeah,
0: well, I think a lot of... I think everything in America is more politicized than it's ever been. I mean, even, like, anything on TV, TV shows, movies, everything, I think, has some sort of political undertone. Um, And I agree with you that I I think entertainment, especially like sports, uh, should be an escape from what's going on in the world, especially, like, bad things and just, like, a a form of entertainment that we can just enjoy for a few hours. Um, I, I do... So, my question is, though... I've never really understood how kneeling uh, during the national anthem is at all like disrespectful or offensive. Like, I mean, it's not like these guys are like taking a nap. <laughs> or like holding up a middle finger to the flag, or like you know I, I mean there's I feel like there's a lot of things that like I would look at that and be like, oh, that's very disrespectful, but like kneeling in a lot of senses is a very respectful way like you kneel before a king, like you kneel before God. so like i I've never understood how kneeling was taken as something that's disrespectful or offensive and I,
1: and I hate that argument about well, in other countries, it's actually respectful to kneel before someone. We're not in another country we're in a country where it's respectful to stand for the national anthem we're taught that from little kids we're taught that from the point from the time that we're little kids that you stand for the national anthem and I mean i I don't know I mean I, I so I, I, I get that but it's very so, clear cut to me that you stand during the national anthem it's it's very clear right. cut
0: my problem so, is
1: well we'll we'll get that in a second you can continue so.
0: Um. So, when you when you watch football at home, do you stand during the national anthem with like your hand over your heart?
1: No, but I don't think anyone does when they're watching it on TV.
0: Right. So then, like, I feel like there's. I feel like we expect these people to stand. But like, if I want to go use the bathroom at this game, it's not these during the national anthem. Like, like, it's not these people. It's
1: not these players. It's everyone in the stadium.
0: Right. But they're saluting a flag. You could. You could go use the bathroom during the national anthem and like nobody cares or like go grab a hot dog or a beer and like that's not, the not the, like no, nobody looks at that person and is like how dare they how disrespectful like that's okay. But like the players on the field have to show the respect. But as fans like we're not expected to do the same thing. I don't know. I, I feel no, like that's a weird again, distinction to make.
1: It's intent and it's not and it's directed towards the flag. Am I right? Right, right. I I, I guess, but, like, isn't that
0: worse to be, like, indifferent and be like, I don't really care about the National Anthem, I go get a beer. Like, wouldn't like... No, and that that would be rude. And that
1: would be rude. That's intent.
0: Right, but people do that, but we don't make a stink about that. We make a stink about the players who kneel during the National Anthem when they could be doing a number of other things if it was truly about disrespect. And for them, like, Kaepernick and Eric Reid, when they first started doing it, the, they basically said, and I wrote this down, uh, they, they were kneeling to call attention to issues of racial equality and police brutality. So they're, they're doing it for attention, basically, is what it comes down to, Yeah, which is what any protest is. Like if you're going to disrupt some sort of normal life or normal way, you're doing it to call attention to whatever cause or whatever ideal or belief that you're trying to uh, teach or come, uh, portray or whatever it is.
1: And, see, and this, um, is what I ha- this is the problem I have with it. This, this is exactly – this is what I was thinking of earlier when I couldn't think of it. This is exactly <laughs> what I was talking about. They say that the kneeling for the national anthem was to protest racial inequality and police brutality. Uh-huh. What has kneeling actually done since they started kneeling? Well, it's what, – what does any protest do? Right. Like got, a protest does it fix, fix problems. It got us
0: talking, right? It got us talking. That's, it's it's That's to what, call attention. Right. That's what they say. It
1: hasn't called attention to police brutality, though. It hasn't called attention to racial injustices. It called attention to whether or not it's okay to kneel during the national anthem. And well, that's okay. the problem. I mean, if you're gonna, if you you're can't.
0: Gonna, I mean, you can't blame the messenger for their message. Not. I mean, I don't know. Like, you can only do so you much. Can, like, though, if you're I, because there's other ways there to do
1: it than kneeling for the national anthem.
0: There's other ways to right. do it. Well, sure, but. The thing is, is, you can't blame a messenger, I think completely in this case, for like their message not being received. Because like, I could sit there and say, hey, I'm trying to talk about this, this, and this. But if other people interpret it and are worried about other things that I'm saying, like I can't make them listen to what I'm trying to say, right? There's like, no other way I, I, to so- interpret
1: it, though. I mean... There's, there. I think for there me, is. there's not. Like I, for me, there's not. The, there's.
0: I, I never, I never saw anybody kneeling or raising a fist during the national anthem as any kind of disrespect, at all.
1: You're telling me if you took a knee for the national anthem, you wouldn't feel like a little bit like you just weren't saluting the flag. No. You wouldn't use no, feel that kneeling, way. A little
0: bit. Kneel, no, because kneeling's not like disrespectful. Like I said, like if these guys were like holding up a middle finger to the flag, like obviously I'm like, okay, you're going out of your way to disrespect something here. But like but kneeling they are going to, never, they're going
1: out of their way to do it.
0: Right, to call attention to racial inequality and police brutality. And we're not even which, talking
1: about it. We're talking in, about in a whether form, it's okay to in kneel form of for the protest. national anthem or not.
0: Right, which I I think that's the shame in this whole thing, is that basically all of their message gets taken away and so can we sure we that could maybe, sit here we we could sit here and say there's a, a thousand different ways that could have done it better but yeah, like would the, the message still have been received like honestly like i mean what way would it have been better that that we would have all received the message and not had an issue
1: these guys make millions of dollars to play a game you want to know how they can make a difference hang up the cleats go put your money where your mouth is and make a difference in the world
0: well that's what colin kaepernick is doing i mean yeah and why isn't one else to doing
1: Sure, but good, good on him then. But why are people still kneeling? Because they want attention now, and it's disrespectful, and it needs to stop. Well, and I thankfully think it's the NFL a, is doing it. So
0: I, th- I think, I think it become a bigger thing too. Especially, well, I know it became a bigger thing after Trump's comments about the kneeling and about the players who knelt, calling them sons of bitches and telling them to get off the field, and they'd be fired if he was uh, the owner. And after that, they had like over two hundred. Uh, players protest that next week and i think that kind of fla- fanned the flame if you will that people were like okay like well now we're gonna protest just because of him not necessarily because of like what the original
1: well, and i know this is over said but like ev- he just said what everyone else was thinking i, I, I was thinking, thinking it i was thinking it i was like how dare like, you <laughs> come on stand up for the national anthem seriously like i'm dead serious he just said what everyone else was thinking and no one I, else I wants to hear... No, A lot of people don't want to hear the truth. A lot of yeah, people don't I, I want to would, hear
0: honesty. I, I'd have to disagree about everybody thinking that. Um, I think some people think that, which is fine. Because, well, like, obviously everybody, everybody has an opinion on this. And some people are thinking that, opinion. sure. Um, I don't know. I just... I, to me, I never took it as a sign of disrespect. Like, I, I... I think what it really comes down to is this is just all about the money. Like, sure. the... I mean, that's really what it is. And protests aren't good because it takes away from the, from the game and, like you said, puts people focusing on these protests, which is the whole point of the protest. And the NFL doesn't like that because it takes away from their money and their bottom line. Um, and I don't know. I feel like, like I'm cool with the national anthem. I have no issues with the national anthem and standing for the national anthem. Whenever I go to a sporting event or any event, for that matter, that plays the national anthem, I'm obviously standing and – showing respect and if i saw somebody kneeling i would never think of them as showing disrespect i guess and that's just me and i think that's why this is an interesting conversation because obviously people feel differently about this um
1: i'm just gonna i'm I, just gonna drop a quote here from drew Brees, who had a comment on this um, and he says i think it's an oxymoron that you're sitting down disrespecting the flag that has given you the freedom to speak out I'm just leave I don't that know if that's there. an
0: oxymoron. Isn't that the purpose of it, though? I've never understood that argument. Like, like the whole idea of this country is to be able to, like.
1: And you're going to disrespect the flag and protest. And the people that have given you that right and protected that right for you by by, by exercising your sitting. free speech? Yeah, so it is oxymoronic. So how is that.
0: So ex, ex, exercising free speech is somehow unpatriotic, even though that's, like, no. part of this country.
1: No, but there's definitely. Just because you have the freedom to do it doesn't make it right.
0: Right. But that can be a question of opinion rather than – this isn't just like anytime you protest, like, it's bad or anytime you protest, it's good. Like, I, I think a lot of this just comes down to opinion, and that's where, like, I have an issue with it. It's like, all right, but, like, inherently kneeling for the flag should not be disrespectful. Now, where you do it, when you do it, why you do it. Sure, I think that there's nuance in that conversation, and that's where we can talk about like whether or not it's disrespectful. Um, but I don't know. I, like for me, I don't know. I, to, obviously, like I said, to me, it's not disrespectful. I think it's all come down to money. Uh, the D. So I wanna, I, I want to read this uh, little stat little excerpt I have from here. Um, so back in, I think it was 2015 or 2016, Senator McCain and Flake, who are both senators from Arizona, came out with a report that said that the department of defense spent $6.8 million between 2012 and 2015 on quote paid patriotism events before sports games. Uh, the DOD said it was part of recruitment. Um, and they paid uh, around 50 professional sports teams uh, for these paid patriotism events, including, like, you know, having the flag out on the field and, like, flybys and having military come, which is cool. Like, I don't think patriotism patriotism is bad, but, like, for the NFL, this is all about money. Like, they get paid to have these things go on at their stadiums.
1: So, yeah, like, yeah, no, obviously... I, I, it's obviously gonna... about money for them. I get that. But I'm, I guess I was looking at it more of a beyond the money type thing more of a morals or values type argument right well and
0: i think that's when it gets difficult because then it's like like i said it's just about opinion and like i think honestly like most things in america i think we're pretty much split 50 50 on this like you know it's either like half or for, half or against and that's where like how do you how do, you, how do you, like, choose a side? How do you determine that? I don't know. Like, I mean, that's just how the country works. Like, it's a conversation, and we have different sides of it. Um, I just have an issue with the NFL trying to make this about patriotism and respect, when really it's just about money. And like I said earlier, if the NFL just came out and said, listen, this is all about money, like, we lose money when we don't have these, like, when people protest, people are boycotting the NFL, like, blah, 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 all this stuff. We need to make our money. You can't do this. Like, well, the statistics I were would... out
1: there for it. I mean... They definitely showed how ratings dropped during well, last season.
0: I, yeah, well, I know people who boycotted because of the protests, and I know people who boycotted because of the response to the protests. So, like, oh yeah, not no. only were people boycotting because of like because of Kaepernick, people were boycotting for Kaepernick. So I was it was a, like I both, was both a sides. Football
1: league last year with a guy who didn't watch a single football game, right? Because he was a- boycotting the, it. But.
0: Right. And it's so like obviously, like it affected the NFL, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Um, I think you're absolutely right that it really, like, I think it hurt the NFL and it hurt uh, Kaepernick and Reed and all those protesting for their point because it turned into a whole different conversation. About whether or not it's respectful to Neil as opposed to like talking about the issues they were trying to promote, or focusing on the game that's being played. Yeah. So it is an interesting thing. Uh, we'll see how players respond to this uh, this year. Um, I know that a lot of issues, especially the Players Association, took um, took a not offense, but weren't really on board with it because the owners didn't really consult the players association and trying to come up with rulings and stuff with this. They basically, the NFL came up with it. The owners voted on it, called it good, didn't involve the players. So we'll see what kind of backlash I guess comes of this. I don't think this problem is over by any means. Um, and I think especially after Trump came out and basically said a uh, quote him, cause he said this the other day after the ruling, he said, if you do not stand quote, maybe you shouldn't be in the country. Uh, which me, to me sounds ludicrous, um, and I've already seen uh, a number of players respond to that negatively. So we'll see if that stokes any flames either
1: as far as these protests. But look, I support the guy. I voted for the guy. I know he sticks his foot in his mouth. I understand that. I don't. Ag- I don't agree with that statement either. But I think there just needs to be some sort of resolution. I think this. I think this rules around a stay though. I think it is. Um, oh, yeah. Because it, yeah, I, it definitely I mean, gives people the option to either you're stand, come on out. If you're not, hang back and come out afterwards. It's
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, for me, ideally, um, I think that if I were like in the NFL or I got to make the decision, I think I would have reverted back to pre-2009 where you just didn't have the players out in the field. Because, like, we didn't do it for, like, what, 40-something years of the NFL where, like, players weren't on the field for the National Anthem. I wouldn't have done so, like, that.
1: I wouldn't have done that because I feel like there's I don't some see the people big deal. That, that, that want to be out there for the National Anthem. I mean, look at Alejandro well, Villanueva. Sure. I, sh- I mean, sure. I mean, he was yeah. the only player on his team that went out for the National Anthem during a game last year. The rest of his right. team stayed in the locker room when he went to the edge of the tunnel and saluted the flag. Now, he's a veteran. Yeah. I don't know if anyone any of the listeners know that about him, but he was a veteran. He served in the Iraq war, but I mean, no, I don't think you should go. I don't think going back to pre 2009 solves anything. I think giving him the option to do either or is the more kosher safe route.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Like I said earlier, I think the NFL did what they needed to do with this. Like that was probably the best solution for them. um, As far as like, I mean, as far as where they're concerned, um, so we'll we'll see what kind of response it is. But uh, I think this is fun. I'm glad that Mitch and I have different perspectives on this because I, I think it creates a conversation. Um, and like you said, I think it it's less of a conversation about like the actual like policies and like whether or not like. You know, we agree on racial equality or like what happens with police brutality, but really about the like the merits of kneeling and that form of protest and whether or not it's disrespectful and like whether or not it's appropriate. Like, I think it's interesting, right? Um So I'm glad we've been able to talk about it yes. and uh, no, absolutely have, have have different opinions. Let us know, that's guys, what, what we, you that's think what we of do this. Do in
1: America, we talk about things,
0: right? And I think that's so important. And I I hate how divisive the world is nowadays. Um I. I think we should be more okay with people disagreeing with us than we actually are. (laughs) I feel like people nowadays like aren't okay when people don't agree. And like, I'm totally cool with Mitch not agreeing with me. Like I have no problem. I I understand your perspective. I do.
1: And uh, I think that's what's
0: right. And I think that's most important. So so let us know. I'd love to have conversations about this um, and other things as we uh, further venture into the, into our podcast. Tweet us, Um,
1: comment on Instagram. Um, yeah. Let us know what your thoughts are. We'll put a clip up here of this pretty soon, and then comment. And let us know what you think.
0: Yeah, pro- protest the the podcast if you want. Take a knee during the recording of the podcast. <laughs> oh man, that's good. <laughs> that's great.
1: <laughs> Let's talk. Um, oh man. So what do you want to go next? What do you want to do next? Let's uh, let's do your, you have you have something, a segment, yeah, right? Yeah, so we're going to start another segment. We're going to alternate. Remember last week, if you listened, we did a forgotten all-star segment where we picked mm. a player who was an all-star in any of the major sports across America that maybe you might have forgotten about. This week, we are going to do What Happened, which is going to be a segment about players who... Maybe we're close to household names, if not household names, um, well-known names within their sport. That just sort of disappeared. Um, And we'll be alternating those segments week to week. So next week, we'll be a Forgotten All-Stars. This week, we're doing a What Happened player. And uh, I was actually pretty stoked about this. There were so many I I read about. I wanted to pick a good one for this first one. And I think I got a pretty good one. So... um, my player this week is out of the MLB again and I'm going with Mark Mulder. Mark Mulder. Oh, A's pitcher. Yes, he was part the of the early big 3. 2000s. In, he was part of the big 3 in Oakland from 2000 to 2004. Um the big 3 was Barry Zito, Mark Mulder and Tim Hudson.
0: Man, that was a stellar a pitching rotation, man. Top
1: 3 in the rotation.
0: Um, I remember
1: that as a kid. I mean, that was just
0: like those three guys. Like that's insane.
1: Oh yeah. That was, that was a hell of a rotation. Um, I think they uh, that was before rich Harden, but, um, I might've been actually close to rich Harden. I think he might've been the four or five in that uh-huh. rotation at some point, uh, which was another good serviceable pitcher. Um, Oh shit. Sorry. Mike almost went down. <laughs> I'm getting excited about Mark Mulder, folks. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. Mark Mulder, man. It just gets me fired up by Get, knocking gets, my mic gets over. Me, gets, gets really gets me going. you um, right. So, yeah. So, he, is, um, he was drafted in the first round of the 1998 draft by the Oakland A's, and he was kind of fast-tracked. Um, he made his MLB debut in 2000. Um, I forget how many starts he had in the minor leagues before. Uh, he only had, let's see. Oh, less than two seasons of minor league experience—that's what it says. That's okay, say starts. Um, but yeah, made his debut in 2000 on April 18th. Uh, he was only 22 years old at the time. Um, he had a first. His first year was rocky. He went nine and ten, and he had an over five ERA. But he came back in 2001, won 21 games, had a Ooh. three, four, five ERA, and was second in Cy Young voting. Um wow. I don't know who won the Cy Young that year. That was I was going to ask you who
0: he lost to. 2001? Yeah. Maybe it was like I'm trying to think AL. Um Schilling? Was that early for Schilling? Schilling would have think. been a
1: diamond back then.
0: Oh, you're right cuz it was Johnson. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I'm going to look this up real quick. I you, got it You right keep here. going.
1: Oh, you do? Yeah. Cy Young. Let's find out. 2001 been Roger Clemens.
0: Oh, okay. Clemens, yeah. yeah. Well, That makes sense.
1: Um so yeah, his age twenty-three season, twenty-one wins, three four five ERA, second Cy Young voting. Um the next year, nineteen and seven. Three four seven year, almost an identical year. Wow. Um in two thousand three, he made four fewer starts, but still had a good but he posted a career low ERA three one three, fifteen and nine. Uh the next year he had a four four three ERA and won seventeen games. Um, after that season, the A's dealt him to the St. Louis Cardinals for Dan Heron, Kiko Calero and Derek Barton. Mm. Um, Dan Heron's the only one I really recognize Derek Barton. I remember, I, but I didn't recognize any of those names. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> though, to be fair, you were, you are an A's fan. So, I mean, your right. familiarity runs, runs deeper than mine. <laughs> right.
1: Um, so he had a good year for him and to the, for the Cardinals Um, in 2005, uh, he went 16 and eight, the three, six, four ERA. Um, but after that, that season, he started off the year in 2006 strong. Um, but was having rotator cuff and shoulder problems. He was on the DL. Then he made his first start in two months. Um, on august 23rd of that season and gave up nine runs all earned in three innings and shut him down after that uh he went under he underwent rotator cuff surgery and long story short um cardinals re-signed him for a two-year 13 million dollar contract but never started more than 17 games for him he started 17 games for him in 06 um Three for him in 2007, 2008, he started th- one game, appeared in three, and he was out of the the uh, majors after that. Wow. Um, He did try to make a comeback in 2014, though. Um, He looked really? at the delivery what? of Paco Rodriguez. Do you remember him? He was a Dodgers reliever. Ah, no, oh, not that really. That might have been when you were on your mission that he was having a good year. Yeah,
0: 20, 2014, that's like, yeah, that's when I was gone, um, so...
1: But he has a a kind of a different rotation. It puts a lot less stress on your shoulder. And so Mulder Uh, tried it out, and he was like, hey, this feels pretty good. And so he started auditioning for teams in November of 2013. And on New Year's Day 2014, he signed with the Angels on a minor league deal with a spring training invite. Okay. Um, he, He said his shoulder was feeling great. He was stoked on the day he was supposed to throw his first bullpen session, the second day of spring training. He tore his Achilles tendon in an agility drill, um, and he was released by the Angels on March 11th, and that was that. Wow. Now he's in the booth for the A's every now and then. So, um, But, yeah, one of those guys that was around, dominant when he was there, but um, short-lived career. I guess your body just knows when you're done, so...
0: True. I mean, and you can't do anything about that. You know, no. when it's your time, it's your time. You know, that's so right. you know, it's uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, to go and that's what's fascinating. This guy was second in Cy Young voting. I mean, that's a that, that's all-star. good. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, crazy. and I bet you, like, he's not thought about that often. I haven't thought about Mark Mulder in a long time. No,
1: so. and he was he was you know he was a part of that big three. He was one of those big name dudes. Right, Out of right. nowhere, he's going.
0: So. Damn, crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, thanks for that, Mitch. I no like problem. this segment. We got, we got all kinds of segment ideas. If you guys have any ideas for us, let us know. Uh, but I like these kind of forgotten what happened kind of deals because there's, I mean, sports, it just happens so quick. And you look back in history and you're like, this guy? Like, I don't even remember that guy, but he was like an all-star or he was this. Who the you know? hell is like,
1: Matt O'Kerr?
0: Right, you know, and it's, it's fast, or, or, or Morgan Ensberg, and you're like, he hit 36 homers in a year, <laughs> like, yeah. it, it was an all-star, and who was this guy, <laughs> like, and uh, I think it's fun, I don't know, sports is so quick, you know, When people come up, people come down, one injury takes them out, or people just decline, and they just, you know, the wrong situation, and they're out, and it's, uh, it's fascinating to me, honestly, so, um, yeah, thanks for that, Mitch, that was fun.
1: No problem, I enjoyed it, next week we'll do a forgotten all-star, so.
0: We will. We will. Are we are we ready to talk some NBA conference finals? Are we ready, ready for this? Ready. We we got two game sevens, guys. This is this is awesome. This is what America I am, wanted.
1: America wanted is, two game sevens.
0: And the NBA, because they get two Game 7s to show during a three-day weekend when all of the world is off of work, and they get to watch Sunday-Monday games. So if you're the NBA, you're like, this is the, this is everything we could have dreamed of, you know? That's right. <laughs> Seven games, so we get all the money, and you get them on the holiday weekend. It's wonderful. Um, it is fascinating, though, that especially in this first series that I want to talk about, which is Boston and Cleveland— uh, despite the fact that this is a seven game series and it should look closer, the margin of victory in every game is huge. Oh, they're I not know. even close games. It's so the most interesting
1: seven game series I think ever.
0: Absolutely. So, this is funny. So, I actually watched this video last night. It's uh, SB Nation on YouTube does these series of the worst World Series, the worst Super Bowl. Right. Love I that watched channel. the one. F- for the worst playoff series and it was back in it would have been, I think it was like two, 20 2000, 2009 um it was the year the the Lakers beat the the Magic in the in the finals but it was the opening round matchup between the like 4 seed Atlanta Hawks and the 5 seed Miami Heat and it was a it was a 7 game 6 game 7 game series i think it was actually 7 games and every game was decided by like 20 points Like, none of the games were close, and it was literally, like, they did the stat of the seven games, there was only, like, five lead changes after the first quarter in all the games combined. That's so terrible. Like, it was literally, like, some team went up by 10 in the first quarter and then had the lead the rest of the game and won. That's That's (laughs) awful. And it was just talking about how just— Right, just how uninteresting that is to watch. And it was funny because I'm watching this video last night, and this is the series I was thinking of. So I went through, and though this series is not quite as bad as that, there has been one game that was decided by single digits. Um, And that was, I think, game five. No, no, game four. Game four, the Cavs beat the Celtics at home, and it was by nine points. Every other game has been decided by double digits. I I did these numbers right. Disgusting. All, uh, so so in this series, the home game home team has won every game. Boston has a margin of victory of seventeen points, and Cleveland has one of sixteen points. So as excited I am for this game seven, I am just expecting Boston to win by fifteen. Like I mean, yeah. the home team has won every game, and they've won it by at least fifteen points. So and I, no I'm, one like, would excited. blame you. And right, I'm excited, but I'm not. It's weird. It's a, I shouldn't be this not excited for a Game 7, right?
1: Yeah, no. It's <laughs> not okay that the margin of victory is double digits every single game. Like, you might as no. well count that nine-point victory as a double-digit win.
0: I mean, right, essentially it's double digits, but to be fair to the stats, it's not. But, it bas- I mean, nine points, it, you know, yeah, basically. It's just it's so. not
1: fun to watch. It's uh, With it's, the exception it's a, it's, of last night. And we'll get to that in a minute. But that was a fun oh, yeah. double-digit win to watch because that was – Right. I mean the Houston
0: Warriors I think has been more more of a fascinating series. I just – Houston and the Warriors, those teams are just better than yeah. Cleveland and Boston. Yes. Um, and you have Boston that has so many injuries and the Cavs, which now are without Kevin Love. Um, so it's really just LeBron uh, and a supporting cast that has not been very supportive – <laughs> yeah. of lebron and uh it's just not as interesting of a series uh so it's fast i'm excited for game seven tonight i i i just am had in our in the beginning i had boston in seven that was my original prediction for the series uh and i'm obviously sticking with that i don't see why they wouldn't win at home and what it, are you thinking is it
1: in madison square garden it's
0: in boston or td garden or td garden. Garden. madison yeah yeah, yeah madison's that's in new york Knicks. sorry that's the next yeah. td garden um yeah, yeah, it's, it's in Boston. And Boston has not lost a home game this entire playoffs. So it's It'll like I, uh, it's like uh, the only thing that and, makes it not want to choose Boston is and LeBron. Cleveland will
1: be without Kevin Love,
0: <laughs> right? Which is huge. That's huge. I mean, he's their second best player. This is funny. So I, I want, want to pull all up of these... you
1: LeBron truthers to prove me wrong with this game seven that he can put them if on their wins... back and take them to the promised land. If he wins if this he... game, I will. I will. I'll admit, that do something LeBron, reckless. I, I will say that Come I don't on. hate LeBron as much as I actually do.
0: Name your first son LeBron.
1: LeBron Dodd. Well, I don't know who my wife's going to be, but she might not be it. I mean, You'll
0: you know. just have to tell her. Be like, listen, babe, I made this deal on a podcast years ago. I got to name my first son LeBron I'll tell you what, James. I'll
1: let you call him LeBron. <laughs>
0: Perfect. I'm I don't, even, I don't know if I want to, name. but I.
1: <laughs> I let you. Call that's probably the
0: pro. That's probably the right choice. That's probably the right choice. Listen, I mean, you're absolutely right. For his legacy, I mean, if he pulls off this game seven win in Boston at a team that has won every home game in the playoffs without his second best player, I mean. Yeah, I, that's that's incredible. I mean, that's that's up there. I mean, that's up there really with have
1: a big man to lean on, except for Tristan Thompson. But if you are you really going to put your trust in Tristan Thompson?
0: Absolutely not. Yeah, with a resounding exactly. hell no, no, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, it's not going to. Yeah, happen.
0: I mean, so I want to read these stat lines. So I'll start with the Cavs. So this is through this conference finals. So these last six games, LeBron. I mean, he's he's freaking killing it. Thirteen point. 30 or sorry 13 33.3 points a game eight rebounds 8.3 assists 1.3 steals one block a game he's shooting 529 from the field and 417 from three which is super good and lebron's not that good of a three-point shooter no he's not i mean he's so he's doing everything he can but the next highest scorer on the team is kevin love with 12.5 points he scored 20 less points than LeBron, and he's out. And you, so after him, yeah, after him.
1: There's that, after and him, you cannot win a series that way.
0: You just nope, can't. You, you, know who, you know who's next on that list? George Hill. Who's trusting George Hill? George. Old ass, can't even run around Hill. the court. <laughs> George Hill's averaging, okay, this is funny, 10 points a game. He's a point guard who's averaging 1.8 assists a game. My like man, it, what's up? <laughs> that just tells you how they run hey, an offense in Cleveland. It's now. literally just through LeBron. <laughs> we it don't really care
1: is. how much you dish the ball. We don't care how well yeah. you pass or run an offense. We want you to score as many points as possible. It's modern. Yeah, world. it
0: is. It is. It really is. And, and LeBron's basically the point guard, anyways. Yeah. But Corver's, Corver's averaging 9.5 a game. I didn't but know Corver actually... was like
1: 36 years old.
0: Yeah, he's old. He was drafted the same year as Melo and LeBron. Yeah, dude, I had Wade. no
1: idea. I was like reading up an yeah. article on him earlier this week, and I was like, "Holy shit, that guy's like thirty-six years old already."
0: You hung up. Sorry. On me. Yeah, there was something on my phone, and I went to flick it off, but I, it was on the end call, so I just ended the call. <laughs> That's
1: my you bad, guys. My best friend just hung up on me.
0: <laughs> I was I was mad about you talking about Kyle Corver so much. No, he's he a grandfather. About, he, he look he
1: he looks super
0: young. But he yeah, he's like yeah, old. Yeah, dude, that's how he's like
1: in his late twenties, maybe.
0: Nah, but, he's old. But what's crazy, he's shooting five hundred from the field and he's shooting four eighty from three. That's oh, crazy. He's lights out. I mean he's, he's killing but he's only he's only averaging nine point five points a game. So it's like he's shooting the ball so well, they need to get in the ball more. I mean, like
1: he only shoots the ball from beyond the arc. That's all he does. Right, but he needs to shoot the ball more
0: than that. If he's only getting ten points a game, they're gonna need more than that, especially in game seven.
1: He's like a poor man's Super old Clay Thompson. Basically, that catch
0: and shoot. I mean, he's like J.J. Redick is the same deal. I mean, there's a few of these guys that it's literally like you just go out and you shoot threes and that's all you do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But they need to get him going. LeBron needs some help in this game. He needs somebody to at least score 20, probably multiple people. Uh, It's uh, I don't know. I don't know how they beat him. I don't. Do you see any path for the for the for LeBron? Uh, getting back to the finals this year.
1: Without Kevin Love, I just don't see it, dude. It's... I, not, a, not on the road. Not unless at he has like a 70-point triple-double. Could you imagine? That'd be amazing. No, I can't. And so that's why I'm saying Celtics. <laughs> and, and that team... The Celtics team is so much more fun to watch anyways. Like... Oh, yeah. I'd much oh, yeah. rather watch the Celtics than the Cavs. I mean, I love watching Jason Tatum play. And so... And even Terry Rozier, as much as frustrating as he was that last game that I watched him, it was, like, <laughs> yeah, it, he's fun to watch. And so, yeah, uh, Celtics.
0: Yeah, At he's home. playing really well. R- Rozier's averaging 15 points a game, five rebounds, six assists, and one and a half steals. All four of the top guys for the, uh, for the Celtics, so Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, and Horford, are all shooting above 400% from the field or 400 percent yeah for every basket they make they get
1: like three three additional baskets wow it's crazy that's I mean that's how they're beating LeBron that's that's the only way to beat him. this is not baseball down it's 40 percent not 400
0: shut up I knew that it's 40 percent okay they're all shooting over 40 percent
1: let it slide and now I can't let it go anymore (laughs) oh
0: man yeah, you know, I don't know. I just I, – I think Boston wins this game. Uh, I, would, I would honestly be surprised if, if uh, the Cavs pull it off. Uh, it's going to take either a really yeah. bad Boston game, which I just don't see happening, or like you said, an amazing LeBron game, which LeBron is obviously capable of, but it's, it's going to take a lot.
1: I saw LeBron has run the equivalent of like almost nine marathons this season.
0: Really, oh my gosh, um, That's insane.
1: There's only one person that's run more, and that was Drew Holiday, and really, he, and he's run like half a marathon more than LeBron. Wow, which I don't know how that works. yeah, I don't, Drew Holiday's running everywhere. If, yes. like the court is longer wherever he plays, <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> or he just does laps around the court while everybody else is playing. yeah like he gets sent to the bench, but he just runs laps around the court, right. he's just, like doing stairs. Oh. Behind the announcer right. just doing stairs. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah, now, crazy. With, that, I, yeah. with that fatigue, and now, without Kevin Love, I just don't... I don't see it, dude. Nope. And I don't even nope. see it being close with the trends of this series.
0: No, it's probably going to be double digits. Um, I mean, if yeah, I'm putting money know. down
1: on it, it's going to be a double, double, double... What the hell was that? Double <laughs> digit victory for the Celtics. Um 'Cause I don't have any other proof for me to say otherwise. So
0: Right. Exactly. Let's uh let's talk about Houston and Golden State for a second. Dude, that game how, was how about, dope. how about that game last night? I, I mean, to be lo- fair, it was a it was a thirty point blowout, but Houston was up seventeen points in the second quarter. So Golden State came roaring back. It was a good game despite the blow until about like the fourth quarter, and then it wasn't, but you know.
1: Yeah. No, I was um I was really upset in the first quarter. Um Yeah. I really thought that was that was gonna be it. I was like, really this is gonna how it's gonna end? You're gonna lose at home. I did too. I was like, Ew, this I is was... how this is gonna end. You're gonna lose at home it was... with weak perimeter defense. Like I think I tweeted out, I was like, you know it's okay no to play Chris defense ball. at the three point line. Like, you yeah. understand <laughs> that they literally just let Trevor Reese and Eric Gordon grab the ball at the three point line and jack something up.
0: Right. It's like, bro, if you leave anybody open at the three in the NBA, they're going to hit the shot. Like, and then unless they, were Zaza. To <laughs> they were trying to do too much
1: offensively. They were trying to do too much offensively. Kevin Durant needed to learn to like, just not shoot the ball anymore. Like, yeah, he, was, he had a rough game. He, was really he had a bad. rough game. Um, and I also wrote down in my notes, uh, missing Iguodala has really hurt them defensively. Oh yeah. I mean that dude you could tell he was like itching to get in. Whenever they cut the yeah. camera to him, he was like <laughs> he's like angry first. Right.
0: Him and Chris Paul. Like every time they cut to Chris Paul,
1: you could just tell Chris, Chris Paul was like I'm little going little in. Itch. He's a whiny Ray. little bitch. Dude. You don't like Chris Paul? Dude, Come he on. got off the bench. He's not even playing. He got off the bench to get in a referee's face about a call that didn't even, I mean, it didn't even mean anything. And it's Yeah. I'm... He's an idiot.
0: He just wanted to be in the game, man. He just wanted to be involved. Well
1: he's not. He needs to sit down.
0: Yeah, Dummy. I agree. But
1: <laughs>
0: anyway, oh man! Yeah, I mean, I thought the same was, thing. I
1: hate Chris Paul. That's what I'm going
0: to. Apparently, and LeBron James. Yeah. Um, when I was watching the game, Caitlin came home, and I was like, "The Warriors are losing by like 15," and I just felt gross. Like I was, like I was with you. I was like, "Is this really how this ends?" It tasted like, like poo poo. It was just like, ugh. You you <laughs> can't get past the the
1: Rockets without Chris Paul. Like really, like this is it. But I, I almost considered could, could, turning the game off. Like, I remember I, I, I did too. Like, halfway through the first too. quarter, I went up, I grabbed a beer. I sat down, I watched it into the first quarter, and I was like, mm, you know, I'm sure there's a good baseball game on I could watch right now. <laughs> but I hung with it, and boy, am I glad I did. I'm glad I did. Oh, yeah.
0: That comeback, I mean, they, they roared back. This is the thing the Warriors, what they're known for is the third quarter. They get into that third quarter, and they and it's like a uh, flip switches.
1: Well, and if it started the other... in the second last night. It started in the second. Well, yeah, it was, it was
0: the end of the second quarter. They got it back from seventeen. Well, even right
1: off the t- bat, I mean, the tempo was just boom, boom, boom. It was yeah. so much better. Absolutely.
0: But it's that third quarter where they kill you, where they either get back the lead or they extend that lead. And I mean, they really did. They were down 10 at, the, at halftime. And by the end of that quarter, they were up double digits, I think. I think Chase so, Sh- Sh- I mean, Serrano it.
1: tweeted out when they got they cut it to 10 at halftime. He tweeted out, unfortunately, this is going to be Golden State by 12 at least yeah and it was like <laughs> he knows he knows it's over now, right, it's just like right, like they're still down ten, and he knows, like, oh shit, here they come, yep, they're coming, yep, and you give them a half to recoup and psych each other up, yeah, they're right. coming hard,
0: yeah, I mean it was it was awesome to watch. it was good to see Clay Thompson. Really, really, just have himself a good game. It's uh, it's funny. He had a bad game, and when we recorded our last podcast, I, I said that throughout the rest of the playoffs, Clay Thompson will not score less than fifteen points. How many games? And how many
1: points did he score the next game, Talon?
0: At thirteen points. Yeah, he scored thirteen the next game. Okay, so right. thanks, Clay Thompson, uh, for making me look like an idiot. But uh,
1: last night, did he make you look like an idiot?
0: No, he made me look old very boy smart. Shot
1: the lights out.
0: 36 Holy points, cow. he was like 8 of 12 from 3 or something like that he is crazy.
1: Laugh. Like he just makes me giggle like a schoolgirl when he shoots the ball and he starts knocking stuff down because it's like – Oh, look at that go. Look at that guy go. But it's with so – this is what's funny. It's funny to watch him and Curry because Curry does
0: everything with so much, like, swagger. He starts shimmying on guys. He, like, put one up on Eric Gore – or I think it was Gerald Green and turns around before the ball's even in the hoop. He's just like, I know I made it. Like, oh, yeah. I'm out. And, like – but Klay Thompson is so just, like, stone-faced. He just, like, makes the shot just, like – does his thing, just like walks away. It's like he could care less. He's like, yeah, I made a shot. Okay, next. Like, I love it. I, the, the contrast between them two is, is really something fun to watch.
1: Basketball has a new most disrespectful move too also. The Eiffel Tower high five over the top. Of, I forget who they were. High, it was, I think it was Durant and Thompson high fived over the top of a Rockets player. And I forget who the player was. Oh, that's was. awesome. And I was like, they just <laughs> Eiffel Towered him. That is the most disrespectful <laughs> thing I've ever seen. I love, I love
0: it. it. I love it. There was one play where, where Clay knocked down a three and immediately runs and gets on Harden, full court press. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. He just hit a three, and he was like, but I'm going to stop you. And I loved it. I was like, oh, yes. That's what makes Clay. People forget how good he is defensively, and he there is he their is. best defender. I mean, he is their lockdown guy. That's why he's guarding James Harden. He is the, the guy they put the best offensive player well, on. You know, and it,
1: he's number two. Iguodala, I think, is their best defensive player.
0: I don't think so. I think Clay's better. What, what makes Iggy different is he's bigger. So, like Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson, excuse me, can't really guard LeBron as well. Like he can guard LeBron on the perimeter, but down in the post, he can't. Where Iggy has the size to yeah. be able to match up better okay. with LeBron. But as far as like guards, like. I mean, he, Clay Thompson can can do his thing against James Harden or Russell Westbrook or uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, or or any of these top tier guards in the league. And that's what I just love to watch him play. He he's so good offensively, but he's also so good defensively. Right. And his face looks like it was chiseled out of stone. He like, I don't know how that is. A is statue of a man. <laughs> it's a weird they have it's the so statue weird.
1: of David. They better have a statue of Clay.
0: Yeah, he looks like he was carved by Michelangelo.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> what a human, um, so, what a human being! So,
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We we hate Mitch hates uh, Chris Paul and LeBron James, but he but he loves him some Klay Thompson. I love Klay Thompson
1: um, and Steph's the most gorgeous I, man in the NFL or NBA
0: and the NFL combined. Maybe, maybe the same. NFL too. Um, <laughs> no, Curry's awesome. I love the shimmy, man. When he it was like game three or four or something. I think it was game four. No, they won. Did they win? They won game three. When they won in in at, at home, he he started really feeling it again, and he came back and had a huge third quarter. And he started shimmying. And I looked at Caitlin, and I was like, "Oh, Curry's back. Game over." Like it's like he started shimmying. It's over. Yeah. Like that's it. And then I love how Chris Paul did it. The next like they beat them game what was it game five, and Chris Paul shimmyed on him like. Like uh, oh I loved it I was I saw, like go take I it back
1: I channeled my inner Stephen A Smith I was like that is so disrespectful <laughs> I just channeled it and I was like oh that is so not right not right yeah it
0: it is uh, it is fascinating this series has um, not as big of a uh, uh, win or what was what, what I say this series does not have as wide of margins. As far as points go, as the other series, but they're really big. Golden State is averaging wins by twenty-seven point seven points. Oh they have goodness. a win. They they beat them by forty-one in game three. They beat them by twenty-nine last night, and then, um, and then there was like a more normal game. But Houston is only averaging nine point seven as their win margin, win points, win margin, whatever you call that. Really. Yeah, they had the one game, which was game two. Yeah, game two, they won by 22. But every other game, they won one by three and one by four. So Houston has won closed games. And I think that just shows you, like, Houston can definitely compete with Golden State, no doubt. Yeah. But Golden State's the better team. So when they beat you, they beat you big. I mean, to beat somebody by 40 in the Western Conference Finals is ridiculous.
1: Yes, Uh, absolutely.
0: And we're looking at a Game 7 in Houston without Chris Paul. And uh, I think that's just... I mean, how how are you going to beat the Warriors with James Harden and Eric Gordon and Trevor Ariza as your best three players?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you can do
0: it. Yeah. I I just... I just don't see, I don't see a path. I, I, you know, I, I really don't. Eric Gordon has stepped up. And I said this when we previewed the NBA conference finals, uh, that they needed three guys to show up. They needed Harden, they needed Paul and they needed Gordon. And I'm going to pull up these stats for the series. So obviously Paul is through five games. Harden's at 28, a game, 5.5 rebounds, six assists, almost two steals. Eric Gordon's got 18 points a game. Paul has just under 20 points a game. So they got their three guys. I mean, Eric Gordon's averaging almost 18. Paul's at nine, 20. Uh, Harden's at 28. I mean, they had their three guys. But when you take one of those away, you can't rely on P.J. Tucker. You can't rely on Ariza. You can't rely on Gerald Green to, to make up those points and that offensive uh, presence that Chris Paul is. I just I – can't, I can't see a path. I'm I'm the same as the Cavs. I can't see a path unless James Harden scores like 65 points and Kevin Durant is like two of 12, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think if everything goes the way we think it's going to go, I think we're going to see the series that we wanted to from the start, which would be Celtics Warriors. Yeah. Um, Because I I actually think that's going to be a good series. I actually really do. It'll go five games.
0: Which is but to be fair, if the if it was Warriors Cavs, it would probably still go five games. So I think it might I don't, go I don't four think,
1: for me. I mean, I think the Celtics it, have. it
0: might be a sweep. I mean, we're looking at a Celtics team with like a rookie as their leading well, actually Jalen Brown's a leading score right now, but a second year player as their leading score and a rookie as their second leading scorer, probably the
1: best player on the court for them. And that's it. Like so so, let's say the Celtics have Kyrie and they have uh, Uh, Gordon Hayward, right now. they they go and play the Warriors in the finals. Who do you take? Warriors in seven. In seven? Yeah. The thing is, is the Warriors...
0: Are just so good, and it's hard to predict what the Celtics would do because we've never seen them play with that lineup. And that's what I'd have to see like, how well does that lineup play? Are they playing? Is the starting lineup, which would probably be Kyrie, uh, you probably play Kyrie, uh, Jalen, and then go Tatum, Hayward, Horford, which is a crazy lineup. All you've got basically three, three stretch wing kind of guys that can switch around and guard all kinds of players with, with Brown, Tatum, and Hayward. And then you've got a big guy who's great defensively you can guard your big guy and then Kyrie on the perimeter. I mean, that's a crazy team. And then they have depth off the bench because then you'd be bringing Terry Rozier and Marcus Morris and Baines off the bench with depth. That's your eight-man lineup. That's pretty stellar. But I, I still take the Warriors just because I, I know what the Warriors will do. I have no idea what that lineup would do, you know?
1: Yeah. No, I totally agree. You? I do agree. Yeah. Um. I just, I really, I'm just really disappointed. Kyrie's not healthy right now. Oh,
0: I know, um, right? It, it's a shame, honestly. It really is.
1: And that Gordon <laughs> Hayward's not healthy. I mean, yeah, that 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 would have made all the difference this season. I think so.
0: Though I hope that I think honestly that's what we'll be getting next year. I think obviously with these with these guys healthy on the Celtics, they're clearly the favorite. Um, and, I mean, it, a lot of it, I guess, depends on what LeBron does and where he goes. Um, I think if he goes to, like, Philly and Philly keeps all their pieces, that's uh, probably going to be close there. But yeah, I think the Celtics are going to get to the finals next year. And the Warriors don't look like anyone's beaten them anytime soon. And the Rockets, if they're going to get here, now's the year because – Paul's old, Tucker's old, Ariza's old. These guys are old. They might not even be able to resign resign Clint Capella because he's a restricted free agent. And he's played his way into some money. And they don't have money to spend. So they might lose Capella next year. And so now you're looking at a team that's worse than it is this year. If the Rockets are going to get to a finals, I think this is their year. Yeah, I mean, it's a short window, but this might be it. So if they don't get it this year, I don't see anybody in the West really make outing the Warriors, you know, so we're probably looking at a Warriors Celtics finals next year. So it'd be interesting to get one this year and then have one next year with the teams, hopefully fully healthy. Absolutely. It's uh we got some exciting game sevens and I, I'm like, like I said earlier, I'm really, I'm really excited for this. Um, I, I am pretty close on my predictions. I had golden state in six originally, but you know, as long as they still win, I think my prediction is pretty dang good. Um, But, yeah. Yes, sir. It's it's, it's exciting stuff. And we got finals starting on Thursday. Um, I'm excited because Caitlin and I have this thing where we go out and, like, eat wings and watch every finals game. So, like, we'll be at B-Dubs. We're going to check out some local bars and just kind of hang out and watch games for the finals. And she totally, like, loves doing it, which is awesome. So, I'm 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 just excited for that in in general. There you go. Um, so uh yeah, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be good time. Good times out here. That's right. Good
1: deal. So. Yeah, I you know
0: Any other sports things we need to talk about? Man,
1: I'm good. I don't I think, I, think I, can't, I, don't, I mean, other than those, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot that went on this week. It was kind of a quiet week. No. Pretty pretty quiet. Um, I did just so, watch the yeah. end of the Indy 500. Uh, oh. The Australian Willpower one. Um, he was sitting third and with like four laps left, first and second place had to pit for fuel. And so he made the pass oh. to win. Nice. Um, so congratulations to Willpower. Uh, one of those guys that's been around a long time and has done about everything else other than win the Indy 500. So that yeah. was. <laughs> good
0: for him well there you go that's cool we uh i think we should watch the stanley cup can we watch can we watch hockey because it starts this week i'm
1: not gonna stop you well i want you to do it with me well you gonna stop me no okay then let's watch hockey Okay, we're gonna watch some Stanley Cup. I'm intrigued. Cool. Obviously, Vegas.
0: We have the Las Vegas Golden Knights as an expansion franchise uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals and against the Washington Capitals. And Alex Ovechkin, who I don't think has ever been to as one of the greatest, one of the, the best hockey players in the league. I don't think he's been to a Stanley Cup. Um, he's a they top haven't 20 been able to. Get, of all time. Right, so I think this is his first um if I'm wrong and you're a hockey fan, I apologize. I am it an is amateur his first. um this is his first. okay, Mitch will confirm it, so if we're wrong, blame mitch um but um <laughs> but it's I mean it's exciting, obviously exciting Stanley Cup, and I've wanted to get into hockey for a minute, so let's let's watch some Stanley Cup, maybe we'll talk some hockey next week, maybe
1: I might It'll, have to watch you know, a couple games
0: yeah yeah I, I think it'd be fun i I mean, I like sports, so I, I can't see why it wouldn't be fun right. Uh, so we'll talk some NBA finals next week. We'll have, we'll be, let me see. I'm going to look up the schedule because I know that, uh, game one is Thursday and I'm assuming game five is either Saturday or Sunday. Um, but it might be Sunday. So we might only have one game to talk about. Um, but I'm gonna look this up, but we will, uh, I, I think we, we will, as long as Mitch is cool with it, do a, um, little, like 20 to 30 minute NBA finals preview in the middle of this week, just before the series starts, uh, so that we can give you our predictions, uh, before the game one,
1: it'll if... be the sports half hour. With Nick Yeah. Nick. I love
0: it. <laughs> a mini, a mini episode here. Okay. NBA Finals schedule Thursday, May 3rd. Okay. Yeah. Game two Sunday. So we'll only have one game to talk about, um, when we do the next podcast, but, We'll have other things to talk about, like hockey. And who knows what else will happen? Who knows? Maybe somebody will get arrested. Maybe somebody will break a record.
1: Maybe I'll get arrested. Ooh. No. No, I'm, I'm going to pass on that. I don't want to get arrested. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. That's yeah. Good idea. Yep, yep. Th- thank, thank you
0: guys for tuning in this week to the Sports Hour. Make sure to 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 subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can find us. I found the easiest way to search for us on Apple Podcasts is to search Mitch Moe and the Mormon because uh, that's like the most unique part of our title, and we come right up when you do that. Um, so go ahead find us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on there. You can find us on any other podcast app or our website on simplecast.fm. Make sure to go um,
1: follow us on Instagram and Twitter and let us know what yes. you think and give us some ideas. We're only two men. We're only two men with two minds. Give us some ideas. Absolutely. Tell us and what you we've want to And we've had
0: suggestions from people already, and it's uh, it's been very helpful, so we appreciate all that.
1: That's um, right. Mitch, what do you got going on this week? You know, I'm no longer a college student, so... I am going to go find a real job. Ooh. Go find a big love job. It. Tonight, I'm going to the races. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm a big race fan. Um, and here in Chico, California, we have a Silver Dollar Speedway, which is a quarter-mile dirt track. Um, and tonight's a 360 sprint car show out there for the Civil mm. War Series. So I'm going to be checking that out. Um, it's also Fair Week in Chico. so Oh, nice. Um, it's gonna be it's a good be, time. Should be a good, it's a good show. Time. It's a little bit hotter today. It's like ninety something degrees as opposed to like seventy really? something Ooh. yesterday. So, man, it got a little hotter. But what about you? What do you got going on?
0: I've got nothing. Life's a bore. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah just just work in school. Nothing crazy. There Playing Fortnite. If you play Fortnite, <laughs> add me on PlayStation. We'll play Fortnite. Um, that's all I got going on in my life. Well, right Literally on. nothing else. Yeah. Nothing else exciting. So. Anywho, guys, it's been real. Thanks again for listening. Share with your friends. Tell us how we suck uh, or not. If you like us, tell us that we're cool. Um, We appreciate all the support and the listens, and we will catch you next week.